Welcome to Ride on Q Radio, hosted by Morgan and Victoria, where we discuss all things dog agility. We'll be providing discussions around dog agility, providing some training advice, and hopefully some laughter along the way. So welcome to our first episode of Right welcome. on Q. Um, we are going to briefly introduce ourselves. So I'm Morgan. I currently live in San Antonio, Texas. I moved here two years ago from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I've been doing agility since I was nine years old, so almost for 20 years. I originally started agility with a family lab, um, and that was kind of short-lived until my mom took her back and tried to do some of the training herself. And and I know that's probably hard to envision for those of you that know my mom. Oh, my God. (laughs) But um, then I got my own lab from a shelter, and I did agility with her um, for many years, and then I got into Border Collies. So um, I started agility in NADAC, actually. That might be a fun fact. Um, And then I went to AKC from there, and then from AKC to USDA. And now I primarily do UKI, but I still do some USDA and a little bit of AKC. Um, right now I currently have five dogs. So I have Pro who is almost 15. Um, some of you might know him as Probability. And then I have Winning who is his daughter who just turned nine and she's still actively competing and doing quite well. Um, and then I have Tipsy who is almost five and she does not do a whole lot of agility. She has mild ETO, so not a whole lot of agility in her future or in her past um and then I have Ment who is two and a half um he's actively competing and kind of on the come up hopefully um and then I have Lumi who is a 10 month old almost 11 month old border collie puppy so all border collies um and yeah we're just actively competing with them and Lumi's actively training so you want to go ahead and introduce yourself Yeah, so I'm Victoria. I am in Ontario, Canada. My uh, agility history is not quite as comprehensive as yours. I still feel very much in my agility infancy and uh, kind of out here training, uh, just, you know, competing, but not claiming to uh, set the agility world on fire by any means. Uh, My first agility dog is Paris, who uh, she'll be 10 in a few weeks, actually. She has a pretty severe ETO. So I did all like the foundation training, but just as I started competing with her, it just it, it just got too dangerous. So she was retired at like two. Um, so after our retired Paris, I got London actually from Morgan. She's uh, from Morgan's breeding. She is she'll be seven in March, and um, with her, I, you know, she's got she's had some good skills, but our training's been pretty sporadic just with the way life has been. She's you know had a litter, and then um, COVID hit, and then I got, uh, I kind of went down a new career path, and I had to go away for training for a bunch of months, and then she had a second litter, so the the training's been very, like, sporadic and touch and go, so um, I don't really have any super competitive ambitions with London, I kind of just run her for fun and hope for the best, Um, so that's London, she's great, and then I have her daughter, T, who is two, and, um, I've spent a lot more time kind of training her, so her skills are pretty good, she's a nice little dog, and, um, with a good skill set, and, uh, she's, I guess, like, in the senior champ level in, uh, UKI, and we pretty much just exclusively trial in UKI these days, so that's sort of where we're at. Awesome. All right, so I guess we can get into, like, kind of why we wanted to start the podcast, um, So we have been like avid podcast listeners for a very long time. And we've always toyed around with the idea of starting a podcast, um, mostly because we like talk dogs so much anyway. And I feel like uh, maybe shed some light on different topics that's a little bit unique to us. 
Um, but also I just feel like there's not a lot of podcasts right now and we're always in our cars driving to these events, like always. nonstop, like crazy people. Um, so just providing people something to listen to on their drives is kind of what we're after and we'll see where I it goes. Exactly. And we don't live close together. Like, you know, as you know, we live, I live in Ontario, uh, Morgan lives in Texas and we're you know, obviously really, really close friends. So we talk on the phone a lot and it's just sort of thinking that, you know, a lot of our conversations are, I think, fairly entertaining, especially people are into agility. So I think it's just sort of an extension of that. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So our first topic is going to be a recap of the amazing and, uh, marathon week of the UKIUS Open. Okay. So that yes. just happened a couple of weeks ago in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, it's a five day long event and it is a marathon of agility. It is a huge event. Yeah. I was yes. so drained by the end. Yes. And every year I think we all kind of end it and we're like, oh, it's just so much time and energy and effort and the highs and lows. And I know for me, at least every year, I'm like, I don't know if I'll come back next year. But like a crazy person, I always go back the next year. Um, And it really is a fun event. They run it so, so, so well, given the massive size of it and things like that. So it is a really good event. Um, So real quick, we'll just do our peak and pit of the U.S. Open week. You want to do yours first? Yeah, sure. So my peak was probably running London in games finals and doing the gamble. And um, like that was a really, really good experience that I wasn't even anticipating at all. Um, then my pit was probably the weather, to be honest, which I'm sure was sort of like a common theme for everybody. It just wasn't, we weren't blessed with good weather. And I feel like every year, unfortunately, there's always like a bit of rain. Um, so I think that like, you know, having a bunch of my runs outside, especially with London in the rain and kind of mucky, like that wasn't, was probably not the the highlight for me. No, I completely agree. Um, so my peak was also probably either biathlon finals or games finals, um, winning made biathlon finals, um, and then men and winning made games finals and they both got invites to the invitational. So, and I know London did as well. So that's exciting. And that was definitely like the peak of my week at least. Um, Yeah, me too. And my pit was definitely, I know this is not a shock to you, but I had food poisoning pretty much the entire week. So that really, really sucked. Um, But that's okay. We still made something of it and we can, you know, move on with our lives and hopefully not get food poisoning at the hardest event of the year ever again. Hopefully not. And I felt bad because I was going to order the chorizo. And I feel like, you know, you told me, you encouraged me to try the, the brio or whatever instead. So I, you know... I made a different choice and I feel like you kind of you kind of pushed pushed me out of the way of the bus and took it for yourself, you know, you knew I'm that. I was cracking I could... up, like, in hindsight, like, why did I tell everyone to get one thing and then not get it myself? Like, I feel like you guys should have been a bit, like, suspicious about that. You're selfless, you were selfless. You, you, know, you knew that I just, I didn't have the, the ability to be compromised at all, so you just, you know, you, you, you took it for yourself. <laughs> I think that is so funny in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not at the time, but that is funny in hindsight. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so let's kind of get into the overall event. I know you touched on like the weather, but um, a couple of the days the weather wasn't so bad. I think Saturday no. and Sunday it really was not too bad. Um, but unfortunately, with the outdoor rings, like the weather is just such a risk. Like, and every year Florida is going to be Florida. Like it rains, and it wasn't as bad as last year with the hurricane. Right? Oh yeah, but like yeah, that was it something. Was still not great. I almost felt like. With the hurricane, at least they made, like, a bunch of accommodations to move it, like, indoors, right? Where, like, this year it was just, like, 
raining just enough that they didn't have to make accommodations. So it, and it sort of sucked too because the forecast kept changing as well. So at first it didn't seem like it was going to rain that much, and then it did. I just feel like almost daily, like the forecast would change. Yep, I agree, and that makes it impossible for um, mm. like UKI to make like plans or accommodations around the weather. Right, like it is truly impossible. And I, I think they do the best they can with like the amount do. of dogs they have and things like that. But yeah, it's really unfortunate to go to a national event and you know weather playing a part of your results essentially uh yeah okay so courses uh did you think they were harder or easier than what you're expecting um I thought that they were, they were a little bit harder than what I was expecting I found them harder than last year even and I think a lot of it had it kind of boiled down to just sort of my lack of experience running on wide open big courses like that with so much yardage so yeah. it's definitely some like a takeaway and some homework that I have to work on is just sort of um, that sort of obstacle independence at such a distance. And there were still some really technical courses, too. And I just I mean, I did find them pretty difficult. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, and I know we've discussed this before, but like I'm not surprised by the difficulty given the judging panel. Like, I yes, think that I agree. this was like the most technical judging panel I've seen for the Open. Usually they have a really... Um, nice blend and balance of like flowy and technical and um like more speed courses I guess um yeah and like don't get me wrong there were still speed courses this year but like they were just a lot more skill heavy than they've been in years past um I personally felt like they were also slightly harder than what I was expecting and it was just because of like the sheer distances like I I really did not anticipate preliminary rounds to be pushing like 260 yards in a course I did not anticipate that at all um and I don't know if I love it like I don't I know I looked back at prior U.S. Open courses um from 2022 and 2021 and the courses are trending bigger every year by like 10 to 20 percent so which is crazy which is crazy yes it is it's crazy and like we have big dogs like we should be like jumping up and down probably but like I agree I'm I'm not just because um while the 20 inch class is like ginormous I think it was like just shy of 400 dogs this year um you know, I do feel really bad for the little dogs. I don't think that it's beneficial. I also don't think it's beneficial for my select dog either. Right. Um, so just to have that amount of stamina and to be running three or four of those courses in a day, like it's oh a boy. lot. Yeah, no, that's yeah, a lot. No, that's for a sure. lot. It's a lot for sure. I, I don't mind it as much in finals, I guess, because I'm like mentally prepared for the final it. to be wide open, right? They open up the ring and like you're just mentally prepared for it. But in yeah. preliminary rounds to have courses that are pushing, you know, 260, 270 yards is insane to me. Um, but nope. not me complaining. I just think that maybe there's a balance in all of this and I don't want to continue to see them trend much bigger um, just because I don't know if it's fair for like the selects or the littles or anything like that. So I know right. there's been a little discussion, right, about um, I don't know if you've seen this on Facebook, but about like having uh, different courses for the small dogs. Yeah, I did see that. I find that interesting. And I think it's probably not a bad idea. I'd be curious to see how that sort of plays out. And I think that they, there was, they did say that they were going to like change some of the rings next year or something too. So I guess the ring size won't be as big as this year. That's, that's what, that's the thing, right? Yep. And, but I do think you can still create like huge yardage. Oh, for sure. If that's what you're after, you know what I mean? So I'm not really too sure. Um, where like I have no recommendations on where it should go um I love the no, spacing I love 
to let the dogs run. I pretty much stay away from AKC locally, personally, because I don't feel like it's productive to that. Um, but I do think there's a balance in all of this, and some of the yardage on the courses this year was definitely a little bit killer. Um, yeah. So what was your favorite course of the week? So I know that we've actually discussed this, and we're gonna probably going to have the same answer. <laughs> But I definitely like, I like the biathlon jumping, the original, before they kind of inverted it on the second day. Yep. But I wish that I had the opportunity to run the original course with T, and I wish I had the opportunity to run it in a covered arena. Because I ran the biathlon on the second day, the day that they ran the 20-inch dogs, and they inverted it. And unfortunately, my run was, like, outside, like, in the rain, like, right in the rain. So I definitely wasn't handling it. Um, like, I wasn't running really aggressively. I was kind of a little bit worried about slipping. And I didn't want, you know, I didn't want her to slip. And... Uh, it wasn't I mean it wasn't our best run but the course itself was a lot of fun and I think that I you know if I had the opportunity to run it do a mulligan I think that I would really enjoy it and it's it's a T course I think she would have she would have done well on it I completely agree uh yeah so that one was also my favorite and I believe Aaron Frood designed that one so that one was actually amazing um I I did not actually have the best run on that <laughs> with winning no me um, neither despite, no I didn't either despite getting like winning moved on to the finals right but I, I did have a couple of yeah. handling mistakes on it but it just ran so fun I felt the challenges were really fair um it had really really good flow it was the right balance of like skill heavy and a little bit of layering and um also like fast and flowy I really really yes. like that course um I guess for the sake of like diversity um my second favorite would probably have to be Tomas's biathlon standard like of like again, okay did not have the best run on that no I didn't um, either but you know it, it was nice it was really really fun course the distances were <laughs> ginormous um, they were big but it was it was a really really fun course and again a really nice blend of like skill heavy and fast and fun and there were a lot of handling options handling options are something I love to see on a course because I I don't necessarily think that like the fastest dog should always win. I like handling to be involved too. Um, For sure. So of course, like always the fa fast dog is still going to win an event, an event of that caliber, but I just like handling to be like the, what it comes down to, I guess. So yeah, absolutely. I definitely and like I, having I, options. I also liked the, I didn't think I would, but I actually did like the, um, was it the, the master's final jumping? I, I think like when I was walking it, I was a little bit nervous, like just based on like my own, my dog skill level. But, um, I actually, it ran nice and I, I, I did enjoy that course too. I found it, uh, it was, it was fast, it was flowy, but it was still pretty, it had its technical parts too. And I did not get to run that one. That was one of the runs I scratched. I actually scratched a bunch of runs that week because of like the food poisoning and whatever else. But, yeah. Um, who designed that? I think that was, was that Aaron as well? I think it might have been. I'm not actually 100% who I should, I could, I could look it up, but I, yeah, I, I think I'm it was Aaron. Um, I remember looking at the map of that one and thinking it was going to be a bit hard and then watching some of yes. the people running it. I thought it actually ran really nicely. So it did. It did. I felt, I felt like it ran, it ran really nicely, but yeah, when I initially saw it on the map, I was a, a little bit nervous and a little bit apprehensive, but it did run a lot nicer than what it looked at least awesome. to me. Yeah. No, the courses were definitely interesting this year. Like I said, really skill heavy, um, giant, massive, super humongous courses. Yes. Um, but yeah, they were definitely really skill heavy and lots of um reoccurring skills which I know an event of this size is really hard to make sure that doesn't happen like I don't think yeah. that there's a way to ensure that that does not happen but I felt like 
like for winning her offside uh we pull entrances are like phenomenal honestly they're really really good it's one of her strongest skills and much to my surprise we saw those all week for her yeah we did that was really really nice for her of course if they were soft-sided that probably would not be the case um but that is a really really strong skill for her so we saw those non-stop I seriously think we might have seen those like four or five times so there were a lot yeah so there were a lot of those um lots of throttle wraps lots of throttle slices yes Um, throttle wraps I was gonna say I feel like I saw throttle wraps in like almost every course yeah yeah and then lots of tunnel layering like tunnels under dog walks and um, yeah I don't think there were any tunnels under A-frames maybe maybe one but not like a layer yeah um but lots of tunnels under dog walks and I thought again not shocking given no I kind of anticipated that and that's just a huge trend right now too right so yeah um so recap of your own results like what what were you super happy with? And then like any runs that really stand out in your mind? Was it just like one little thing? So when, like, so I came to the open with, I, T had a master series by London didn't. So I ran the master series last chance with her. Um, they were not great. <laughs> they were not our best runs. Um, we did, we didn't come with any round two buys though. And both of them had like pretty decent round one runs. So they progressed around two, but obviously we didn't make finals. Um, and then London, of course, made the, her, like the games finals. I don't generally, um, put her in snooker. She's, I always say that she's not like a super gifted snooker dog. And we just, it just, we just never really have good luck doing snooker, but I, we love Mike Murphy and uh, I really wanted to enter her in snooker because it's a Mike Murphy course. So I went ahead and did. And by the grace of God, uh, <laughs> we managed to kind of get through the snooker the full way. And then that put her in, she, I think she came fifth in the 16 select snooker. And then that put her in the gamble final. So then we did the gamble. And by, again, by the great God willing, we got through the gamble too. It was a little bit discombobulation station, but we held on. And uh, that put her in the eighth in the gamble, the final gamble. So the game's overall. And she did get the, uh, the invitational invite, which was pretty cool. And um, with T, it just wasn't, <laughs> was not really our weekend. So we've got a lot of skills to kind of come back and work on. But she did have some really good moments, too. I was really happy with her weaves in the, the Nationals round one because it was kind of a hard entry. And I, I did like a I rear crossed it. And she just kind of had the independence and kept going. And I was super happy with that. No, for sure. And like, I think going to this event with a baby dog is kind of like a, um, a humbling experience oh for sure for sure no matter how lovely they are it is like you just like increase like the difficulty it's literally like playing like a video game and you've been like playing like in like the you know like level one level two difficulty and then you're like i'm gonna go level 10 and we're like exactly it doesn't mean you're not good at it it just means like you need a little more time exactly and she's a dog that like kind of rarely ease locally and then just to kind of go there it was it was a totally different experience and there were like types of courses that we don't really get an opportunity to run or practice on a lot so she had a lot of great moments and um there's definitely i'm like motivated and there, we have a list of things to work on now it's kind of a gauge of our uh of our progress right now and gauge of where we are and uh ways to improve so no, absolutely lots for to work sure. on for sure um and I guess like to piggyback off that so I ended up scratching a ton of runs as I mentioned earlier 
Um, I think I ended up running maybe like 10 runs in total, maybe 12. I don't know. I, I, yeah. That might be an overestimation, honestly. Um, I went, I ran winning on um, the two team runs. <laughs> Those were kind of hot mess expresses, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, nothing like being humbled by a nine-year-old dog who decides to break a start line for the first time in her life. Um, and then... What else did I run? I ran, obviously, biathlon jumping, uh, snooker. Um, both of my dogs had Master Series final buys, and I did not run it with either of them. And then I think that I think honestly that's it. I really did not run very much. Um, but anyway, so my my games or my snookers went really really well with both dogs. I know I, I kind of yoinked the Canadian plan and it worked really yeah. well for me so shout out to yes. the Canadians um anyway so I ran that with both dogs they were brilliant we love Mike Murphy as Victoria said um I was really confident going in there we get to run under Mike courses all the time so I was not terribly concerned about that one it was really fun and flowy really 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 great snooker course um and like much to my surprise not a ton of people got through it like with super high scores so I just think that the times are so tight at the open that you have to be really conservative right so they were the times were tight yeah no for sure and then um both dogs had pretty good games finals uh runs which was gamblers and I believe Aaron designed that one Aaron Frude um I thought it ran a lot better than what I was anticipating. Like the sends were a little bit tight and technical in my opinion. And I I was surprised by how well it ran actually. Um, And then, so yeah, both dogs got invitational invites and then winning got second in 16 select and then Mint got 13th in 20, but he had a, there was like a mini gamble within the gamble and he unfortunately had a wee full fault in that gamble or else he would have been like second or third, I think. So it was so good. It was yeah. so good. They were, they were both really good. Um, and then what else? Biathlon jumping. That run was very fun. I think that's it. Honestly, yeah. like I, like I said, I really did not run very much. Um, but I, I do think that, like I said, going to the U.S. Open with a baby dog is a super humbling experience, but it also is such good info, right? Like, especially if you're just going Big there time. to compete with an older dog or even just to go. Like, it's such a fun event to just go to. Like, it is the sole event that I can just sit and watch amazing agility all day long. So I completely agree. And to see friends from, like all over right I mean there were there was a whole herd of Canadian people there that it was you know, great we never get to see so yeah it was it was really really good for sure um but yeah highly recommend the event I think that like I said it is just be like be mentally prepared with a baby dog to not like do so well results wise um but like for me with men especially like our success is not measured by results right now. It's measured by no. like individual skills. But when you put these skills at 40 feet, like, are they there? And for that, me, that's it was just like, it. No, not right now. Yeah. And that, Same like, with that's, you. I got a lot. that's okay. 
exactly same with t like on the distances i got a lot of head checking so i know like coming back this winter a big focus for us will be just working on sort of obstacle commitment and independence and even if i'm behind we're not getting all the head checking and i like that she checks in with me so you know occasionally and i like that she's biddable but it's definitely um kind of an area to focus on when we've got such big distances yeah for sure because i mean even like one incidence of head checking on the courses that are that big is like just creates this like domino effect of head checking right? yes because it's, exactly it's just so big so yeah yeah no definitely lots to work on moving forward but like motivating for sure I'm not like absolutely leaving thinking I need to hang it up or anything like that no um, no definitely not so any comments on the footing because I know that's kind of that was kind of a hot topic this year and I'm surprised I don't maybe I just haven't really heard about it but I'm surprised it hasn't been more of a hot topic in previous years because I feel like this event is like the world tour of footing because you yes, just run so on many. so many different surfaces it's so varied yeah I mean I, I loved I thought my favorite footing was under the covered arenas I just really liked the footing totally in agree. there yeah totally agree um I did. I thought the footing was like overall, like I didn't think it was bad. I mean, obviously when it was outside in the rain, I mean, they can't, they have no control over that, but I mean, it wasn't super optimal, but I think that they did the best that they could with what they had. Absolutely. I like in, completely in terms agree. of making it runnable, like the, the grass outside, but I completely agree. Um, I think, well, like I don't love the grass outside at all. I actually throughout the year train here in Texas on grass at a local facility that is very very similar to the grass in Jacksonville um and I also actually train out there intentionally right after they water it in the morning (laughs) so it is intentionally wet um and honestly my dogs rarely actually slip on it it's more me that slips on it when it's wet um but you know I am happy that they are reportedly doing away with the grass rings just because I think it is so crappy to have your outcome like have the outcome of your runs be dictated by when you run that day because like those rings are always more dewy in the morning they're always slightly wet in the morning and then sometimes by the afternoon they might be worse because they were wet they got torn up and now you're running on like pothole central and it's just not like that I don't know it's just not super fair to me um but like it is what it is um, so it sounds like they're doing away with them next year. So I'm glad to hear that. But Yeah, I'm happy about that, too. It's just sort of the unpredictability, too. And especially with London, who's a little bit hard on her body. And all of her last, I think, yeah, well, at least one of her last chance run, jumps was like, one, sorry, one of her runs was outside. And I think a bunch of London's runs were just sort of, the way they, the way it sort of fell was that it was outside at the height of the rain and it was pouring. I'm like looking at my Great Dane photos and I'm like, oh, man, poor London. It was just like pouring rain like outside on her runs. But no. And I think, like, when you look back, you're like, wow, they, like, really try their asses off for us. They (laughs) do. I know. Exactly. I'm, like, looking at her photos. I'm like, London, she really gives it, like, her 100% every time. But I did appreciate it. I do think that they really, they tried there. They did a good job of, like, you know, making sure that it wasn't, you know, too, like, the the tunnels weren't, like, covered in mud. They weren't, like, super slick or anything like that, at least as far as I was, as far as I knew, anyway. No, I agree. And, like, filling in where they could, right? Like, they have sand there trying to fill in the surface, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's just so, like, I feel bad for them that they even have to do that, you know? I know. Um, I know. I did, too. But I completely agree with you that the uh, covered 
rings were my personal favorite. I saw some people saying that those were like less packed than indoors, but my personal experience is the complete opposite. I found that those covered arenas were more packed and my dogs like never slipped, never got stuck out there. Um, and I felt like I could actually really run there. Um, I feel like the indoor rings can get a little bit deep in spots sometimes. So yeah, I agree. But they, again, they do the best they can. And by no means is this like bad footing or anything like that. No, not um, at all. Just no. like discussing the differences, right? But the covering is by far my favorite. Um, I thought the same. What did you think about the scheduling? Like, did you have any thoughts there? So the scheduling, I didn't think, like, I thought they did a good job. I mean, they were, they were always kind of, I think every single day they kind of ran ahead of schedule. So they did a really good job of moving things along and keeping things going. Um, I there was, I think there were two days where I had five runs each day between the two girls. But um, I thought that my, both my, like my runs with both my dogs were kind of spread out enough that I didn't feel rushed. And I felt like I don't think there was a single time where I it sort of impeded my ability to warm them down and cool them you know what's our warm them up right. cool them down appropriately so I think I mean I didn't really have any complaints about the scheduling personally like it didn't really seem to affect my my two dogs like my runs with my two dogs but I, I'm how about you no I agree I mean obviously like I barely ran to be completely honest so oh, that's I, true. I definitely don't have uh, many complaints with the schedule I just think like this was the first year where they did the 20 inch dogs in like separate days for yes winter yeah. takes all and then for um biathlon right so yeah I don't know if I love that um but like again with an event of this size like I don't know what to suggest because I would rather run my 20 inch dog on a separate day than be there until like midnight so yeah exactly yeah I don't like to mean I don't want to armchair quarterback and be like well they should have I didn't like this they should have done this without because I mean I don't the nature of running such a huge event especially when you have so many 20 inch dogs like I really don't know what the what the answer is I think that you know exactly yeah totally exactly um but like they do do an amazing job of moving things along there's never never conflicts like literally not possible to have no. a conflict um unless no. you have like two small dogs that have to run back to back but they're very generous with like the time in between dogs and yeah all of that so no I think they did a good job I completely agree um I was gonna say something else to that but I cannot remember what it was um it'll come to you yeah it'll come to me eventually but um what about the venue like the space between rings and like the wildlife and things like yeah. that well the wildlife <laughs> the so, wildlife. i mean i can speak to that a little bit just in terms of what if by wildlife you mean ticks uh yeah so i mean i did find ticks on my dogs outside i mean they're both um they're not up to date on their tick preventative they've kind of lapsed by a little bit but um fortunately i didn't find any of the ticks embedded or latched on or anything they were just sort of crawling on my dogs when i had them out um running in the back fields there but so, I mean, that was something that I was super uh, conscious of because, I mean, I mean, nobody loves ticks, but they especially kind of gross me out. Um, I didn't find any on me, though, thank God. Um, but, yeah, I think that's sort of speaking to that kind of wildlife. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then the, 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 yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. No, I think the spacing between the rings and stuff, like it was, I mean, I made like, I think I had like 30,000 steps almost every day just from walking to the stalls and then walking to the rings and kind of walking around. Like it was a, a really big... Uh, Big, uh, big, big uh, facility. 
For sure. And I mean, that's another uh, benefit, I guess, to them not using those grass rings, right? Because the grass rings are like way out there, away from everything else. So with those going away, everything's a lot more centralized, right? Because like the stalls are really conveniently located, in my opinion, Um, a lot better than some venues I've been to. Um, But it'll be even better next year when the two main arenas are literally right there and the stalls are like perfectly in between them basically. Um, but yeah, so the venue wildlife, I heard a lot about ticks. So if you're thinking of going next year, probably have your dogs on flea and tick prevention. I disgustingly had a tick or not a tick, a flea crawling on my phone at one no. point during the event and I wanted to vomit even Burn more than I already was. Fill <laughs> the, um, the phone with fire. Literally, yeah. literally. Um, so thankfully my, my dogs have to be on prevention pretty much year round here. So I was all good. I really was not too concerned um, for my dogs, but I know a lot of people, like especially the Northern people coming down for the event, um, did find ticks on their dogs, right? Because you guys yeah. have no reason to be giving your dogs flea and tick prevention right now. I think some people still do, but um, mine kind of lapsed. I think it was what, like, like I don't know, the end of October maybe. And I was like, well, I don't know if I would do Brevecto and it's three months. And I was like, well, I don't know, the winter is end of October. Yeah. Um, I know I probably should anyway, but uh, well, no, definitely right? next year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely sure. next year uh, they will be up to date on their tick preventative because, yeah, it was uh, – that's pretty gross. For sure. Um, and then, so the change is moving forward. So it sounds like what is rumored. So it is confirmed that everything is going to be like undercover or indoors next year and with different awesome. ring sizes. Um, so yeah. the rings are going to be more like rectangles next year. I think Interesting. how I yeah. took it versus um, like humongous squares. <laughs> um, yes. So the ring sizes will be a lot smaller next year. But, you know, I did see some discussion about people being, like, really concerned about, like, course design and that. And I do think that it might be a learning curve for some of the American designers because we don't see those dimensions in the U.S. Um, yeah. But I actually think the Europeans will get even better on those because that's I, all I think they so design for. Um are the ISC generally designed in those dimensions or no? Well, it depends. You know? It like depends yeah. on the facility that it's being used at, right? So like right. I know Daisy Peel's place um, has like European dimensions usually. Like it's yeah, like the, yes. you know, it's uh, thinner and long. So, and I think that's what the US Open is going towards next year. So it'll be yeah, really be interesting. Cool. It will. Like I said, I think I'm... I'm slightly nervous about the American judges in those uh, dimensions, but I think it'll end up being fine, right? I'm sure they have a very, uh, like, rigorous uh, design process oh, for, sure. for the Open. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then I assume what's going to end up happening is that they're going to have th- three rings in each spot. So they'll have instead yes. of two under the covered arena, it will now be three. And then instead of two indoors, it'll now be three. I'm curious. I'm curious about that. I mean, I did find that I feel like the distances were a lot bigger on the inside rings than the covered ones for whatever reason. It just felt like it was a lot bigger. Totally. I guess I'm just 
kind of struggling to envision three rings in the covered arena. Me too. That's exactly where I was kind of going with that. Yeah. I found a hard time kind of picturing that because I didn't feel like, I mean, I felt like the spaces were fine now, but I am curious how they go about doing that and what that looks like next year. I completely agree. Um, Cause I, and it might be like an illusion. I don't know. I haven't measured anything, um, but I think the indoor area is like fine to accommodate three rings like I can envision that just because they didn't really use the full space anyway but the covered ones I'm really curious about because I have a hard time envisioning that for sure I have a hard time yeah I have a hard time envisioning it too and like I think there were some well snooker for sure I ran London in the cupboard and tea on the inside and I mean you know Full disclosure, my run with T was not particularly long because she uncharacteristically broke her start line and got a seven-point gamble because she back-jumped. But they did feel, like, when, even when I was just walking the course, it felt way bigger than the exact same course outside in the cover arena with London. It felt a little bit more condensed out there. No, so. I completely agree. And even, like, um, comparing my two dogs' times, I felt like Ment was faster than winning. I mean, he's... Younger, yeah. So, but I felt like he was faster than her, and his time was actually a couple seconds longer. So, yeah, I really and they had the exact same plan. So, I do think that the yardage indoors, generally speaking, was bigger. Um, Yeah, but I know it's not supposed to be that way, and I know that that's like a. It's just going to happen, right? It's just going to happen, yes. There's no way to ensure that they are completely identical. That's for sure. No. No, you can't. Um, and then, okay, so I think that covers all the changes for next year. I think. I think so. I don't think there was anything else. I think it's just the ring size and everything being indoors. Um, how about training? Like, anything specific that is on your training list due to this event? Definitely, like I've touched on before, is just sort of the obstacle, uh, the, the commitment and the independence from distances and with me further back. I do think a lot of the issues that I ran into with T, I mean, I talk like it was a dumpster fire. It wasn't. There was a lot of good moments, too. But I think that a lot of our issues also stem from me sort of handling things kind of tentatively because I wasn't confident on the big, huge distances. And I wasn't sure if she'd have the skill set to get through it. Um, I found as the week kind of progressed, I, and I got more confidence and I kind of found my stride a little bit more, she was running them much better. So I think a lot of the issues were with me. And I think that I need to get more experience running on those hips of courses too. Um, but definitely, yeah, the obstacle independence with T and then just taking this winter and just kind of hunkering down and focusing on skills as well, just to, you know, her teeter or something that, I mean, it's kind of a, like an ongoing battle. Um, I just want to have a flashier teeter with T and then certainly with London now before like the invitational is just <laughs> actually have to train her. So, uh, I guess contact boot camp is in her future this winter just to get her cause she's supposed to have stop contacts. And I mean, it's a little bit touch and go if you if you know if you've watched our runs so <laughs> I've kind of been really bad about letting criteria slide just because I mean like I said I don't really have a lot of expectations with London just due to her very like sporadic training and she's been allowed to be kind of uh, a little feral so we'll have to go back and t- t- <laughs> we have to go- she's a free spirit so we'll have to go back and kind of tame this beast a little bit this summer and kind of rein her in because she just kind of I think when we go to the course, she just basically just says, you know, hold my beer and watch this. So we have to um, refine it a little bit this this winter. It'll be like, hold my champagne and watch this. Hold my champagne and watch this. The Coming to an invitational near you. So make sure you tune into the 16-inch select. 
Oh my god, she's my favorite. I love that dog. Oh, so me much. too. I absolutely. She's my heart and my soul. I just absolutely love this dog. And I actually think, like, you know, if I put in the time, like I do with T, with her, like right from the beginning, because T's had very like consistent training from the start, um, consistent and regular and stuff. And with with London, it's been like I said, so sporadic and so like so just like hot and cold. Um, I think that if I actually put in the time that I invested with T, she'd be uh, amazing. So it has nothing to do with her at all. It's just oh, no, uh, the sure. way. It's the way the cookie crumbles, right? Life happens. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, no, I completely agree with, like, your training points and stuff. I think uh, definitely, like, rehearsing some of these skills at major distances. Like, I'm not talking 25 feet. I am talking 40, maybe over 40, um, you know, train hard, trial easy, so probably even more than 40. Um, But just having access to that type of spacing is well that's just it I don't even know where I would go about to to like where I would even train that because I feel like all all the places that I have access to to train on are a lot smaller smaller. yeah so um definitely coming up with like a game plan for that because I'm not a hundred percent sure either right now but I will come up with something um and then I guess for me, it's just like more trial mileage too. Yeah, Um, that too. You know, and this is the first event that I've been to. Like I've been to four U.S. Opens now. and I think even more. Yeah, you've been to a few. I think it's only four. Is it? Yeah, I think it's only four. Um, Because I've been to Jacksonville three times and then I just went to Perry the one time I want to say. But um, this is the first event I really felt like agility is going in a like physically athletic direction too um I felt like I needed to be more physically fit to run the courses there as well and it could have been like the food poisoning (laughs) it did not help but um I think like moving forward for this year I'll probably work on like my own fitness too um just because I I really do think that the courses just demand so much from you and like of course if you if I train more independence and all of that I do think that it like goes together right for sure Um, I think so like you're probably gonna have to train more if you physically cannot be there as much but I think that even like the super fit and amazing runners couldn't be there right and I feel like that's just it yeah and we've been seeing that trend like coming over from Europe in my opinion yeah and I mean, not, I mean, by no means am I like a, like a super fit, fast marathon runner or anything, but generally I am a pretty, like I'm pretty quick and I'm generally there when I'm running T. I can usually be there at local trials. And I mean, not to say she's totally dependent on like my physical cues either, but in most cases I am there to like make crosses and make blinds and sort of like use my body as a means of sort of like cueing the next obstacle. Um, and then I found here, I mean, I, I couldn't, I just physically could not be there and the skills just didn't hold up the same way. So, I mean, that's just good information for me. And it just tells me we have to like work on skills more at a distance when I'm not there to help her. No, totally. I completely agree. So yeah, I think my training list moving forward is practicing like extreme distances, especially with men. I felt like it didn't impact winning as much as I um, thought. I actually had no, like, she looked good. terrible uh, prep going into <laughs> open with winning. And like, it was, it was so bad that I almost went into it like questioning if I 
should have entered her and it made me shift my expectations a little bit yeah um, winning being nine like the skills she was raised on just generationally are completely different than what we're oh, seeing it's changed right so now. much um, it's changed so much she's not like layering's not a super strong skill um her throttle wrap is not not the best winning was raised in an era of your throttle cue was one word and yeah. it was your tunnel throttle it was a throttle slice it was a throttle wrap so um she has of course she has like different words for all of those now but she didn't you know a year and a half ago so they're still pretty new for her um so well, to you have them, a lot yeah to have them like on these huge courses and at these insane distances and at you know super high speed is uh maybe not super realistic but she actually was like very surprisingly like with it so um it was interesting though like I said my prep leading into the event I did like a prep weekend with um some people in Indiana while I was there teaching and visiting um we did a prep weekend and set up a few tomas courses and aaron courses and stuff like that and i I really don't think we got through a single one so um interesting i guess she was just saving her best for when it counted um yeah and then Ment was kind of the opposite. I felt, felt like I felt. I was too for God's sake. I, I felt really good going in with men, and I was yep. like, "Yep, we yep. we got all these skills. Not worrying about it." Um, yep. And nope. And the, but like again, baby dog. It is what it baby is. Baby dog. They have. Oh, um, he looks so good though. He had he like his gamble was amazing. He had good moments for sure. Um, yep. And we like we have time to get it right, right? Like with men and yep. there's plenty of time to get it right. So for sure, for definitely sure. more training in his uh, future with big distances, lots of throttles, lots of really hard weave entrances, stuff like that. Um, definitely layering as well. Um, but I think that pretty much covers it for like training stuff. And I know that I've yeah, pretty much so. just referenced like everything. We need to train everything. <laughs> we need to train absolutely everything. <laughs> everything. Like running dog walk, my contacts, like, you know, my weaves, my, train, my soft side weave entries. Like, yeah. No, I just have to tra- <laughs> train everything. Yeah. We got to retrain yeah. everything. Yeah, it was humbling. Yeah. <laughs> humbling for sure. But you know what? Like, it's there. Like, there were glimpses of uh, what is in there, you know, so. Yeah. Um, Okay, so if you could give someone one piece of advice for attending for the first time next year, what would it be? Bring a raincoat. <laughs> bring a raincoat. That's rain. my that's my, that's hey, my They're not going to be outside next year. Sure, but still bring you a raincoat because you still have yes. to walk your dog out and it, the, the weather is crappy. Yes. And yeah, and then like the flea and tick preventative, like put your dog on that too because it's it's yucky and no, nobody has time for Lyme disease. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, my, my first piece of advice would not to be, do not eat Mexican food in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> I probably will not take your advice. I love Mexican food. <laughs> no. But I, 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 mean, I did no. see the cautionary tale. Never again. Um, <laughs> no, but my actual piece of advice is probably just to be, um, like, be mentally strong. Like, and I know yeah. that's strange advice, but like this event is so hard mentally that, you know, just from, like, the the random things that might happen that you just don't account for, like the weather yes. or, like, scheduling changes or whatever it might be, um, just be prepared for it and don't let it, like, rattle you, I guess. And I know that's probably sure. easier said than done. Um, it took me a long time to be able to just not care, essentially. No. Um, yep. It's like, a- you know, you're on such little sleep at these events, too, that yes. you, know, you just got yes. to, like roll with it kind of thing and enjoy the experience right because it is really a fun event and I've never like 
looked back on it with regret. <laughs> no, never. And I feel like, I mean, it sort of goes hand in hand with the mentally strong thing. But I think that for me, it was kind of, it's kind of a learning curve that it's hard for me to recover if I feel like I have one bad run. Yeah. And then it sort of hits my confidence. And then, um, you know, it's just, but just to be able to recover from that and sort of, you know, it's, it's information, but to put it, put it out of my mind and then just focus on my next run. I think that that was something that I got better and better at over the course of the event. Because at first, I mean, when, when you first, when you have a bad run, like I said, it was hard for me to sort of recover and feel like I've, you know, there's the skills to, to run on those big open courses, but it does get better. I just, you just can't dwell on it. No, totally. I completely agree. You have to like shake it off and move on because there are so yeah. many opportunities to do well at the U S open, um, that like dwelling on your one master series run or whatever run it is, it's yes, not really yes. like helpful at all. Um, yeah. So I think that that is probably the biggest piece of advice. And really, if you go one year and you, it doesn't go so well, you felt it was really hard. I wouldn't back down go, from going a second year because the only way no. it's going to get better is by doing it more. So absolutely. And it's good mileage for the young dogs, too. I mean, T's never run at such a big event. Like she was at the Canadian Open this year, but it's like a fraction of the size compared to this. So yep. it's a whole new experience for yep, them. Totally. And just getting them around like the other dogs that are, you know, it's a really charged yeah. event, too. So there's big a lot time. going on. So definitely getting them that exposure is really good um all right so i know eo tryouts is coming up for us for our american team i think yep. tryouts start on friday so just in a couple days so that'll be super fun to watch and i'm sure yes. for like Netflix is doing that i think i saw a post on facebook so that'll be I a fun so. big event to tune into i'm curious to see like course design and things like that um because i think one of the judges is doing some events here next year i want to say um, in texas no like in the u.s so oh, oh. i'm really curious to see um kind of like what we're looking at courses wise and stuff like that so that'll be fun to watch for sure and then anything like coming up for you like what's what's next uh i think well what's next is i'm filling out my entry for like a winter cup in february here so that'll be fun. I'll both dogs. I'm since London's in uh, like co contact boot camp over the winter um, before the invitational. I won't be running her in like you know like master series or biathlon, but um, she'll be running speed stakes and games and stuff. But no, I'm looking forward to that. It's a good event, and there's a good group of people up here that uh, like the PhD Dog Sports that host really fun trials, and they always do a really great job, and it's always a good time. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I've got like a, I think it was Nicola who's judging it. And, uh, you know, he's doing a seminar before that. So I have T entered in the seminar too. So I'm looking forward to that. And there's not much before that just because I, December I'm taking off from agility altogether just to give my dogs a break. I like to give them a break once a year for like six weeks. So we, since that, since we came back from the open, we haven't touched any agility and we won't until the new year. So yep, absolutely. that's pretty much that. No, I think I'm kind of piggybacking on the same thing. I am in a seminar, uh, next week, um, with Melanie Miller and I'm sure that'll be good and then I don't have anything on my radar at all yeah. I have no idea what's next for us um other than a break I know I'll probably do that seminar and then not touch anything for a while yeah um, so yeah we'll, we'll kind of see what happens but I'm sure like heading into like you know mid-January February I'll probably start prepping for invitational and stuff like that so it'll be fun I'm looking yeah, forward to that I agree so. All right. I think that's it for today. Anything else? I think so. No, I think that pretty well covers it. I mean, that's our, that's our U.S. Open. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't always glorious, but it was a fun event. And I think that, you know, 
despite my protests this year during the rain, I think that I will go back next year. It's, it's, <laughs> well, a, it's a fun event. The, you know, the ring swing inside really does. Uh, it does change things. Lot. It does change things. But definitely uh, like the, the raincoat. I mean, I just have to anticipate the rain. I don't know if it's like hurricane season or whatnot. I'm not super uh, knowledgeable about like the, the Florida climate. It but It is it's, indeed uh, hurricane season. It is like yeah. the tail end of it. So It's a lot of humidity. It's a yes, lot of, it's a lot a of lot, rain. A lot of rain and a lot of humidity. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's not it's not like it's not like hot sexy Florida. It's not like Miami. It's you know it's Jacksonville. No. It's kind of like rainy and dreary Florida. So yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. So all right, well that does it. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to follow us and check us out on Facebook at Right on Q Radio.